You likely won't have heard of Eddie Cohen, but make a note of the name, because Eddie Cohen is one of Israel's most powerful voices in the Arab world. Now I have approximately half a million followers in the Arab world, because the Arabs, they want to know about us, about the Jewish people. They want to know about the Jewish religion. They are very curious. Eddie tweets mostly in Arabic, educating, informing, entertaining, even mocking Arabs in the colloquial language of the street, his mother tongue. That's because he's Lebanese, born in Beirut, fluent in Arabic and French, and fine in English. I was born in Lebanon. Both my parents were Jew. My grandparents was, were born in Lebanon. From the very first syllable of episode one to today's show, I've learned that Jewish and Israeli society works best when it's flat, not hierarchical, when individuals take it upon themselves to be the change they want to see. We're a people who don't wait to ask permission. It's all actions, not words. But when action meets words in the social media era, the impact can be powerful. And Eddie says he's winning. The Israeli Ministry of Exterior are a bit jealous of him because he's a serious but unofficial Hasbara giant. He never gets invited by them when a foreign dignitary comes to Israel. His independence is something to behold. Visit Eddie Cohen on Twitter, press Google Translate, and you'll see what I mean. We talk on Twitter all the time. When I post interviews about the Abraham Accords, he retweets it to the Arab world. When Israel achieves something great, he taunts his massive audience with, Hey Arabs, where are your humanitarian convoys? Here are ours. He posts pictures of Israeli and Arab leaders shaking hands underneath the flags of both nations. Eddie Cohen, welcome to Johnny Gould's Jewish State. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for inviting me, it's, it's an absolute pleasure and indeed a privilege because I want to introduce you to my audience as well. And this is the most amazing thing. You talk yes, in indigenous Arabic, explaining Israel to your former people, to, I suppose, your people. You were born in Lebanon. I was born in England. And we are kindred spirits and we share the same Jewish heritage and values, irrespective of the slightly different cultures that we come from. Yes, indeed. Yes. Look, I was, I'm a Jewish, you are Jewish. I was born in Lebanon. I spoke Arabic. I still speak Arabic. You speak English, but we have a common faith. We have common values. We both are Jew. We both, we both love Israel, I suppose. We are Jew, both of us. Yes. And this is the amazing skill, I think, of the diaspora. And uh, as far as Lebanon is concerned, you couldn't be a more closer diaspora Jew to the country just north of Haifa and the Good Fence. But you talk in a very specific Lebanese street way to the Arab world. And Eddie, I don't think there's anyone in Israel who has more of a digital outreach than you. You have hundreds of thousands of followers. 
This is extremely powerful for the state of Israel and for Jewish people. Yes, I'm very famous in the Arab world. I always uh, uh, get invited to the Arab media, Al Jazeera, uh, BBC in Arabic, Russian Today. I'm very known in the Arab world. I also uh, opened uh, a, a Twitter account like 10 years ago, but only lately I began to tweet into, because I wanted to be, to say the Arab world, don't believe your leaders, don't believe the media, don't believe all what they say about Israel, all this conspiracy that Israel is Nazis, Israel is killing the Palestinian people. No, I wanted to send them a clear message, the truth, only the truth what's happening in Israel. Many, many people, many Arabs thought, also British, that Israel is an apartheid state, for example. I saw you spoke in this topic with many of your guests lately, Johnny, isn't it? I thought, how, how can we have Muslim judge? We have a, a member of parliament Muslims and Christians. How can we be an apartheid state when I have the same rights as a Muslim? as an Arab, as a Christian, as a Druze. You know, it's uh, slowly, slowly, Arabs three years ago was afraid to put like, to, to like, to follow me. And also to retweet, to make a retweet. Now I have approximately half a million followers in the Arab world because the Arabs, unlike what we thought, they want to know about us, about the Jewish people. They want to know about the Jewish religion. They are very curious, especially the Jewish in the Arab world. Because Johnny, I don't know if you know, one million Jew lived in the, during the 20th century in the Arab world. I was born in Lebanon, both my parents were Jew, my grandparents was, were born in Lebanon, but in the Arab world, you, can, you could find Jews in Syria, in Libya, in Yemen, in Iraq, in Egypt, in, in, even in Sudan, there were small community, and of course, in Turkey. So what happened to this one million Jews? Where are they, Jody? Who, the who is the apartheid? The words of Hillel Neuer. Uh, Eddie, uh, in the United Nations. We are here today to demand what the United Nations Charter promised. In 1945, when the United Nations was created, the UN promised equal rights for all men and women and equal rights for all nations, large and small. But when we come here to the United Nations, when we stand here at the Human Rights Council, and I was just there this morning, we see something that is not consistent with this promise. We look for equal rights, but we see a Human Rights Council that is supposed to speak for victims of the world's worst violations, but instead, as you see on the signs today, there were seven reports. There were zero on Algeria, zero on China, zero on Iraq, Zero on Pakistan, zero on Qatar, zero on Russia, zero on Turkey, zero on Venezuela, zero on Zimbabwe. 
we see that the whole world, the whole world was addressed last week, and today Israel alone is criticized for an entire day, the only country in the world that is the focus of its own day, its own debate, its own agenda item. Not North Korea, not Syria, not Sudan is treated in this way. And so we're here today not to say that Israel is perfect, it can be criticized, but to say that what is happening here at the United Nations is discrimination. It is inequality. It is a violation of the UN Charter. It's a violation of what the Human Rights Council promised. So all we're asking here is to ask the United Nations to live up to its own promises. And we're here to say enough is enough. We're demanding equal rights and nothing more and nothing less. Before we, 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 can, we begin, tell me a little bit about you. Who are you, Johnny? So, so I'm, I'm a bit like you, only that I'm from Birmingham. <laughs> I'm from Birmingham, it's England. It's that good. It's that good. <laughs> it's a great place. And I've been a sports journalist for 30 years. And when Jeremy Corbyn became leader of the Labour Party, things changed very suddenly in our free open society and it got dangerous after the 2017 election and I decided to change my career just out of interest. I became much more focused and knowledgeable on Jewish and Israeli issues. I was always, um, if you like, a British Jew, someone who came from, uh, I'm only second generation English, my grandparents came from Vienna in 1939. I was always very okay. Jewish in a in a diaspora kind of way. And I always loved Israel, but I wanted to make my journalism the focus uh, of Jewish and Israeli issues. And slowly but surely, I've been um, making friends and contacts around the Jewish world. I found it to be extremely flat and interesting and engaging. And I discovered you. And I used Google Translate on every one of your tweets. And ah, yes. <laughs> I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing there. I think it's brilliant work. I think your outreach to the Arab world is almost unprecedented. I don't think there's... No one knows. The Jewish people don't know this. I know who you are. And, you know, this is the thing. We have to, between us raise our profiles. I have done 77 episodes of Johnny Gould's Jewish State. I'm going nearly weekly. And thank you very much for retweeting Yosef Haddad and Emily Schrader. I like them. They are nice people, good people. They're advocating Israel always. We're seeing again how people who have never been in Israel, never been in the West Bank or Gaza, how people that has no clue what the meaning of intifada and the consequences of intifada is chanting intifada intifada chanting from the river to the sea palestine will be free without really knowing the consequences of things like this i think the most dangerous things you also have the people who are leading it they do yeah they the people do. who are leading this they do it's the people exactly. who are exactly yeah exactly it's the normalization of it everyone that is pro israel I support, even if it is Arabs or Muslims, and of course, if he's Jew. <laughs> because it's an ideology. It's, it's, a, it's a belief system. We should never be surprised at people in the Arab world 
being pro-Israel because, you know, they don't have to be for their dictator. They don't have to believe in their authoritarian ideas it's for identity, but without liberty. So there must be millions of Arab people who believe in the ideas of uh, that we have in our Jewish religion of identity and freedom. Three years ago, if you had met me or we, if, we had, if we handled this conversation three years ago, you wouldn't see these uh, answers. Now it's more. Now it's more. It's getting, of course, the Accord Abraham, but also they saw me, they see me, they are used to me. Sometimes I'm not very nice if you, if you read all the tweets. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. Hey, Arabs, where are you, <laughs> Arabs? I see that a lot. It's your catchphrase. And, uh, you know, with the, with the aid aeroplane to the Ukraine, where are you, Arabs? What are you doing in your countries? Look what we're doing in Israel. That was your one. I like that one. This, but this, this kind of, of sentences, the American Jew or the British Jew may not understand it. Maybe you did. But the, the other sophisticated Jews, they'll say, Eddie is not good. Eddie is racist. Eddie is, uh, is mean. What do you think about this? Well, I talk your language. I think... But the, the, but the, other, the, other, the other people, American Jews, especially, uh, uh, you know, those American... Uh, this is a problem. They will not understand. Sometimes, you know, my English is not so perfect. It's okay. I, I, know what, I know what you said before. I know exactly okay. what you said before about the Misha gas in America. I know exactly what you mean. Um, and this is the thing, the transfer of population, the terrible persecution of the North African and Arab communities of Jewish people disappeared overnight. I have spoken in detail to the famed author Lynn Julius in this country. Yes, I just great person. Wonderful. I love her. And we yes. spoke also, I've done a lovely podcast with Carol Isaacs, who is an accordionist and a cartoonist who wrote a beautiful motion comic and play and book about her 2,600-year-old heritage in Babylon, in Iraq. I'm immensely proud of being a Babylonian Jew. My heritage runs deep and I'm proud of where my people came from and what they achieved. and. I look at my parents and how they left everything, you know, my family, they had to li literally leave everything and just be removed, be transplanted somewhere else. And God bless them. I mean, my, both my parents, they, they looked forward, they didn't look back. I mean, that's part of it as well. They didn't want to talk about it. And they talked a little bit about the good stuff, but they never spoke about the bad experiences that they had. And it was only through my going back and, and interviewing my family for this book who my family so generously gave me their time and their stories and they delved deep and they told me stuff that I never knew. I was shocked by quite, quite a lot of it. This is something that I think that we need to explain to the world that Israel is made up of Jews from all four corners of the earth. The idea that Israel is a European colonialist structure is made absurd by the fact that the biggest group of Jewish people descended today in Israel is from Morocco. Of course, of course. We have 
many, many, kibbutz galiot, as we say. All, you, you can find Jewish, black Jewish here in Israel. You can find uh, uh, from Argentina, you can find from Lebanon and Syria, you can find from uh, Ukraine, from Russia, uh, uh, even Chinese, Jewish Chinese, white, black, uh, uh, yellow. <laughs> we, we live together, we live here in our state. The, the Arab states have 22 Arab states and 56 Islamic states. We cannot live in one country, the Jewish state. That's why I, I tell my audience, I tell them, first of all, don't believe what the Arab media claims. Everything is were nonsense and lies, especially when, when we have the last uh, war in, in Gaza. They, the Arabs, the Palestinian activities, published a, a picture of Syrian victims, Afghanistan victims, and they deliberately said these are Palestinians killed by Israel Defense Army. All this I discovered alone. I walked alone as, you know, I, I am like you, I'm individualist. I, I, don't, I don't belong to any Israeli institute. I'm an independent researcher, if you say, if you, you might know. So I try to uh, make Asbara to the Arab world to tell them this is wrong, this is lie. Uh, and I think that uh, I'm succeeding. Yes, yes. This, this is the amazing thing. You've wrapped up half a million followers on Twitter and many of them come from the countries surrounding the nation that you're from, Lebanon. And this is down to this awakening. Not only Lebanon, we are, not only Lebanon, no. Around. Uh, all around, the Gulf states, the Middle East, the, the Gulf states, the Middle East, the North, North Africa. Yes, yes. Um, but 99% Arab world, 99% in the Arab world, yes. And me. Um, and um, the interesting thing here is that it's the Arab Spring, which may not have produced democracy in the way that maybe the Western commentariat had expected. But what it has done is opened the mind of Arab people and emboldened them, made them more brave to follow you. It would not have been possible before the Abraham Accords for you to have had such a following. How have you managed to do this? I mean, you, you tease them as well. You, you, <laughs> you, 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 you nudge them, as we say in Yiddish, you know. <laughs> Yes, I tell them, for example, when, when a Jordanian criticizes Israel, a member of parliament or some journalist, I, always, I, I immediately publish the photo of King Abdallah with Netanyahu. Do you and I ask him, do you think your king had made a mistake? Can you criticize your king now? You know, in the Arab world, there are dictators, so no one can say a word against their leaders. So he shut up. <laughs> Let's look at your background, which is you are a PhD, you're a researcher, and your expertise lies in the very serious part, which we are experiencing in this country, Nazi propaganda 
from the Muslim community. Um, we are experiencing that on a low level, but still a very threatening level here in England. You're an expert on Hezbollah and the civil war in Lebanon, which went on for a generation. The work of yes. that Hitlerite Mufti of Jerusalem and anti-Semitism and the Holocaust denial from the Muslim and the Arabic world. Because Eddie, let's face it, that is the main driver of Muslim anti-Semitism in the 21st century, isn't it? Of course, Holocaust denial is part of anti-Semitism. Uh, this one million that Lynn Jules spoke about with you, that this is anti-Semitism. Why they, they kick out the Jews from their countries? As you said, we were born here before the Muslims. Iraqi Jews were lived in Babel before the Islam came, before the Prophet uh, Muhammad came. 3,000 years ago and more. About the Holocaust denial, I don't know any researcher that conduct research about this phenomenon in the Arab world. I am maybe the only or one of fewest researcher because it's not politically correct to ask Arabs what they think about the Holocaust. And this is amazing. Also here in Israel, we don't talk about Holocaust denial in the Arab world. We talk about Holocaust denial of uh, uh, French uh, writers or, or British, uh, David... Uh, oh. oh, David Irving. Irving. Uh, also, Jeremy Corbyn uh, is anti-Semitism. But this is taboo. We don't speak about the Palestinian uh, Holocaust denial. And, uh, and this is... And I wrote a book about this. This is PhD of Mr. Mahmoud Abbas the chairman of the PLO, when he was a student in Russia, he wrote, it's not a PhD, it's a, a doctorate full of Holocaust denial in anti-Semitism. And I also wrote another book, this is, I wrote the book about the Mufti, uh, the Mufti Amir Hussein, the pro-Nazi Mufti. So these two subjects, also here in Israel, no one speak about them. So that's why I wrote two books and I will uh, uh, soon translate my second book, The Mufti in the Jews, to English uh, very soon, I hope. I hope I get... to read it in English. But tell me, this is very interesting. Let's just go back to what you just said in that answer about Abu Mazen, who studied in Russia the birthplace of the Corbynist anti-Semitism, this idea of Jews having their identities erased. We are already seeing in this war in Ukraine, Russian propaganda from the playbook of the Palestinians, as though Abu Mazen exported that Russian propaganda in order to fight Israeli and Jewish truth. Yes, during, in fact, during the 70s, the USSR invited many Arabs and many Palestinians to live there and to study. They opened the door for many Arab intellectuals to live in, in Moscow. And they used them to demonize the West. They used them to demonize America, the United States. And of course, the ally of the United States. And of course, Israel. So he wrote a book about the relationship 
between the Nazis and the Jewish leaderships during the World War II. And Abu Mazen, in his book, claims that the Holocaust is a Jewish German conspiracy, believe it or not. The Jewish people cooperated with Adolf Hitler, and that's why we had the Shoah, because in, in, in other words, he said that the Jewish people killed the Jewish people and made their own Shoah. We made our own Holocaust. Before. Why? In order that the other countries have pity and give us a state of Israel. This is in, in one sentence. You know, just, just hearing that as a grandson of Holocaust survivors makes me feel uh, it makes me feel sick actually and we are seeing roots of that big lie into mainstream media I don't exactly know what Whoopi Goldberg was reading for her to come up with this white on white conspiracy but it must relate to an approximate something that she read from what you just said yes listen who denied the Holocaust, the first people, who? The Germans. Adolf Eichmann, he, when he flew Germany and he get away, he lived in, secretly in, in Argentina, he said, no, it's not, uh, we didn't kill the Jews. They killed themselves. They cooperated with Hitler. We are not, uh, we defended our Germany, our country. So why he did it? Because he didn't, want to go to, to, to Nuremberg or to, to, to hell, to, to be hanged. He wanted to save his, his life. The, the other people, the Arab people said uh, that the Holocaust is a conspiracy. Why? Because the Israelis are always the aggressors. We cannot have pity on them. A Jew, he, they demonize Israel. Their, their goal is demonizing Israel. You cannot have pity on him. Five years ago, there were a Palestinian prof, his name's Professor uh, Dajani. He took his Palestinian students to concentration camp in Auschwitz to visit. Mm -hmm. One week, when he came back, they tried to kill him. And now he is a refugee in the United States. The Holocaust, to teach Holocaust, the studies is Trajan in the eyes of Palestinians. Why? Because it demolished their, their narrative. They say, the Palestinians say, that a Jew must not be the victim. Who is the victim? Of course, the Palestinians. And in the recent year, maybe, I think that you are seeing this in the media, in the, in the Twitter or in the YouTube, they are calling us the Nazis. The Israelis are the new Nazis. Uh, Gaza is the ghetto. In Nazism, in Zionism, in their eyes, it's the same thing. Eddie, I have a friend in Iraq who I will never meet, but who tells me over and again about the tragedy of Baghdad in that he says that his beloved city lost its Jewish people. They were something very important in our local community. These are his words. 
Baghdad misses them. And I think every people live a life with them in peace and safety. I think our people now know, now they've gone, their value to the community and what we lost. It's not the first time that's been said in Iraq. A newscaster said it publicly, a very brave one, but it has emboldened so many people. It seems to be the currency of the street in the Arab world, Eddie. And it's something I think that you have really touched upon. What are your personal ambitions? I really can't think of anyone more powerful than you in discussing Israel to a willing Arab world. Uh, I mean, would you work for the state of Israel as an ambassador in the Arab world? Well, um, unfortunately, the minister of uh, MFA, the Israeli minister, they don't like my work with the Arab people. <laughs> and why is that, Eddie? Well, you, you can ask them. Uh, uh, they think that, uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say it, I'm not sure, but I think that they don't like me. Right. Is that because you're uh, you're a bit too close to the center of truth? Is it a bit too bit too much? I'm, I, uh, this is my style. I'm not politically correct. No, no, that's true. You're not really this a diplomat, is... but many diplomats no. within the Israeli uh, service are not great diplomats either. It's it's not one of the great things that Israel's famous for. Yes, but uh, I want to say something about the Jews in the Arab world. When the Jewish lived in the Arab world, believe me, Johnny, this Arab world were, were prosperity in this Arab world during the Jewish, uh, when they was Jewish there. Not only Jewish of Iraq, Jewish of Egypt. Do you know that the uh, Jewish, uh, uh, Egyptian Jews made their own cartoon during the forties after Mickey Mouse? In the, uh, there were a cartoon that Jewish created in Egypt. The Jews in Egypt sold, they had market of gold. The Egyptian people were very, I would say they lived well, not only the Egypt. Libyan, uh, uh, Libyan lived its prosperity when the Jewish lived there. Suddenly, when the Jewish left these Arab countries, suddenly and slowly, uh, uh, all these uh, all these people get burned, war. And I tell the Arabs, you persecuted us, you didn't protect the Jewish people, that's why Allah is punishing you. Because in the Quran, you must, when a Jew live Jew or Christian live in the Arab, in the Muslim land, the Jew must pay tax. The Jew pay tax. But in exchange for this tax, the Muslim state must protect him. And this is written in the Quran. I speak with the Arabs with their own language. So we paid our uh, tax and you didn't protect us. You disobeyed Allah. So that's why your countries are burning. Look the Arab world, Johnny, from Iraq to Syria, to Libya, to Yemen, especially where the Jews lived there. Look, especially where Lebanon, 
this country are collapsing. I believe, I believe in God. I'm not a Dati, but I believe in God. I'm not very religious, but I believe, I believe in God. And I believe that God is punishing all the countries that persecuted the Jews. This is my own perspective and I share it with Arabs. And what strange that 100% of Arabs and Muslims are, uh, uh, doesn't agree with me, agree. They tell me, yes, you are right. So they agree, we speak, we speak the same language, not only in matter of, of language, but also we share the same ideas. Which, which is a message of hope, I guess, Eddie. Um, which brings me on to my final question today. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. reminded us that the arc of moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Change takes a long time, but it does happen. Eddie, is your work promoted by optimism? Yes, of course. I'm very optimistic. You are son of Holocaust uh, survivors. Do you know how 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 the enemy, how Germans, be, 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 how they were our big enemies? In, Euro in, Europe, uh, Europeans, Eddie. European, yes. Germ Germany and its European allies. Yes, yes, we know how, how they hated us. And look now, 80 years ago, <coughs> German, Germany is the most, the best friend with Israel, isn't it? So the Germans killed us and killed six millions of us. The Arabs, yes, there are, some of them are our enemies, not all of them. They didn't kill millions of us. Let's be fair in comparison. Let's make German how many they killed and how many the Arab killed. So if with the Germans, we could make, we could make such peace. So with the Arabs also, we can make peace. Do you know, did you understand my, my point of view? Entirely. Um, it's a message of optimism that our listeners together will appreciate very much. Dr. Eddie Cohen, thank you very much for joining me on Johnny Gould's Jewish State. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you very much. I I'm really very grateful for your time today. I know you're always... Uh, my English, you know, I, I must speak English. I, I don't speak your, your this English, language. Your English is passionate and everyone understands it. You know? Yes, it's... Um, you know, that's the most important thing, that you talk with passion and direction. And you know this. This is very important. You, you you talk good enough English for our audience, and most importantly, the message is very very. Who's clear. your audience? Who's your audience, Johnny? Okay, I've done seventy-seven episodes. We're up to nearly six hundred thousand listens. Eighty-four countries. The All of them Jewish? Are you? No, I have. Uh, I I was delighted to see audience in Janine. In Saudi, <laughs> really? In Saudi, in Iraq, because in my of, because of my retweets or, or the, the along the way, it's very difficult to say. But obviously, my maybe biggest, I give a push. I give a push. I know you do, <laughs> and every time you do, it makes a huge difference. And I'm very grateful for it because we are basically saying the same things, Eddie. The top country in the world for me is the UK, then the US. 
then Israel, then Canada, then Australia, then Ireland, and then European countries. And my ambition... Great, great. You are doing a, a good job, and we need this. We need that, you know, the problem, that there are different views between the Jewish here. This of course. Is, uh... And what I do is keep it positive. So I'll talk about Startup Nation, Abraham Accords, Deal of the Century, the Emiratis. But when there's stories that are negative, like anti-Semitism or the Gaza war, I get good people on to talk about how we deal with it. You know, so it's always a positive. It's never about, oh no, it's never that. It's about, you know, how are we gonna deal with this? And that, that's my message that, you know, there's a whole big wide world of good things happening all the time. You live in London? This is I, London? I'm here with my young family. And you, Eddie? Yes, I'm married with three daughters, three children. You live with your family? You yeah, family? I live with two daughters and my wife. And uh, my, wife uh, is, okay. my wife is incidentally from Casablanca, Morocco. Oh, Sephardic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Have you been in Israel? Many times. Next time I'll come. It's Eddie Cohen, by the way. It? It's Eddie Cohen, Karin. Oh, okay. Do you want to come and say hello? Okay. <laughs> we finished the interview. Okay. She, she speaks yeah. Moroccan or French? Yeah. Uh, she... Hi. Hi. Nice. You français? Oui, bien sûr. Très bien. Langue maternelle. Yes. Ma... No, no, no. Langue maternelle, c'est le Marocain, s'il vous plaît. Non, en fait, c'est le français. La, la communauté juive au Maroc parle le français. Et on est dans des écoles françaises. On ne, oui. on ne parlait que le français, en fait. Ma famille vit en France maintenant. Mais euh, ah, où ça où À ça Strasbourg. Ah, Strasbourg. Okay. Ça va là-bas Ça va là-bas la vie en France Très bien, oui, ça va. Comme ça peut ah, avec avec l'antisémitisme et tout ça. Ah ouais, non mais c'est oui. J'ai un frère, j'ai trois frères et j'en ai un qui a fait ça à Lia. Il vivait à Londres et il vit en à Tel Aviv maintenant. Voilà. Ah. Oui. So. Ouais. You understand? Sorry. Of course. Of course. Well everything. Everything. Ouais, bon. Everything. <laughs> Vous allez faire Alia vous aussi ou non? Oh, yeah, grave. yeah. Je sais pas, c'est pas encore. Yeah. You want? Moi yeah. j'adore Londres, mais bon, pas encore. Yeah. Ça se prépare, ça se prépare. Johnny Gould's Jewish State is brought to you with Dangor Education. If you like Johnny's regular podcasts, think about making a donation at either patreon.com slash johnnygould or click on the PayPal icon on the donations page at jewishstate.co.uk or buy him a coffee. He loves coffee at coffee.com slash johnnygould. That's ko-fi.com slash johnnygould.